Amen, amen. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Victory Church. So excited to be here with you today. Whether again, whether you are here with us in person or whether you're watching online, what a great way to bring the year to a close. As you heard me say, this is our last worship experience of 2020. And so by the next time that we gather, either in person or whether you gather with us online, we'll be in 2021. And I just don't know that there's any better way, thank you, sir, to, to bring a year to close than to be gathering around scripture together. Thank you, sir. Uh, gathering around just an opportunity to worship together. I do, before we jump into the word, I do want to just remind you of a couple of quick announcements. Um, number one is that, again, with the year coming to an end, we this is kind of the last weekend to, if you want to give towards Purpose Prevails, and so I encourage you to do that in case you're just tuning in. It's our end of the year annual giving that we do here at Victory, where we ask you to just pray, step out in faith, and give towards God. We turn around and use 100% of those resources in uh, our community and outreaches and events, and so if you want to be able to do that before the year, that you got just a couple of more days. Also, I'm kind of a bittersweet moment that's coming up on us, uh, and you'll, you'll know what I mean by that in a second, and, and that is our annual church fast, and so that is just around the corner. Go ahead and give God praise for that. Come on, if you're excited about that, there we go. We got a few people that don't quite realize what that means for them yet, uh, but I'm just kidding. At, at the beginning of every year since we started Victory, we, we kind of start off the year with a time of fasting, and so... We'll be putting more information on social media and through emails on just what a fast is and what that looks like for you. There's all kinds of different fasts that you can do, but we just believe in giving God the first part of your year. We believe in saying, hey, God, I want you to be in charge of this entire year of my life, and so I'm going to start it off by kind of setting aside some things that I want and spending extra time with you. And so sometimes people will fast uh, food, they'll fast uh, you know, TV, social media, coffee, all kinds of different things. And one of the things that we're going to really hammer on you is this. The, the most important thing is whatever you choose to fast, make sure you're using that time in extra prayer and extra reading of the Bible. Don't just starve yourself or don't just take those things away without adding in extra time with God. Amen? Amen? So I want to encourage you now, start praying. God, what are you calling me to fast? Uh, we don't necessarily do a 21-day fast of victory. We just like to give the first couple of weeks, and so it'll start January 1, and it'll come to a close on Sunday, January 17th. So this year, it's 17 days, and we'll start January 1. We begin the new year, and then we'll celebrate on the 17th together um, as we break that fast. We are in the series the journey. I, I think I've kind of lost count. I think this might be week 15 or week 16. Uh, we started off and just said, hey, we're going to go through the book of John verse by verse, and we're just going to let the book of John tell us who Jesus is. When, when John sat down to write it, it's a, it's a little different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke because he sat down to say, I want you to read these scriptures, and I want it to result in you believing in Jesus. So I want it to kind of shape who Jesus is in your life. And so we started at John chapter 1, and we just said, hey, we're going to go as long as it takes. And so today we're in John chapter 10. So if you got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 10. And we don't know. I think there's 21 chapters in John, so this could go, you know, January, February, March. It could go at any point. And when that ends, we'll just pick another book of the Bible and go from there. Um, but John chapter 10 is where we're at, and Jesus has been dealing with a lot of religious leaders and there's going to be a moment here where Jesus kind of sets up an illustration or a metaphor that I think can really speak to us today. So here we go. John chapter 10. If you got your Bibles, get your Bibles. All right. If you're at home, get your Bible. I'll give you just about 30 seconds. Run, get a highlighter, get a pen, get ready to be able to take notes from this. So John chapter 10, 
We will start at verse one. And here we go. This was my 30-second pause for people to get their Bible. So, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, this is Jesus talking, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. So Jesus is setting up this illustration that people are very familiar with, this sheep and shepherd illustration. And he's saying, hey, most sheep are kept in a pen, and in the pen there's this gate And anybody who's climbing over the side to get in, who's not going through the gate, they're a thief, they're a robber. As a matter of fact, the one who does enter by the gate, the one who enters the correct way, is the shepherd of the sheep. So anybody climbing in the wrong way is a thief. Anybody coming in the right way is the sheep's shepherd. He goes on to say, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse 5, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I want to talk to you just for a moment this morning from the idea when Jesus opens his mouth. When Jesus opens his mouth. About a month ago or so, uh, my daughter got, I think it was about $10, $15 for, I don't know, a birthday, holiday, something like that. And she couldn't wait to go spend it. So Darla took her out to go spend it and they were gone for a little bit. And she came back in and she came in so excited and she was screaming, dad, dad. Um, And here was her exact wordings. Dad, I bought a pair of AirPods. Now, when she said that, something in me kind of shifted because I know how much AirPods are and I know how much money she left the house with. So my mindset was, okay, I bought a set of AirPods. You didn't, I did, right? So, so I kind of run up to her and I say, well, you know, where did you get AirPods from? And she responds like this. She goes, I got them from Five Below. And I was like, Okay, and so now I had a whole different set of emotions, right? And this time I felt two things. The first thing I felt was relief because I knew that because they were from Five Below, they did fall into her budget. Therefore, I didn't buy them. She really did buy them. The second emotion that I had was a little bit different. Um, It was kind of this reality shock to where I almost became negative and kind of said to her, well, they're not going to last very long. Right? You know, I I didn't have a lot of trust in the AirPods that she just bought. Because listen to me, if you're watching, I'm a big fan of Five Below. I love to shop at Five Below. I think there's some awesome things at Five Below. But there's just some things you should never buy from Five Below, right? Um, You know, I mean, you should never go buy a car seat, for example, for your baby from Five Below. That's just, it's just something you shouldn't do. It's not wise. There are, you can buy posters, you can buy toys, you know, you can, you can whatever, but, but, but there's just some things. And, and one of the things that you should never buy from Five Below are AirPods. I just, I just don't think you should buy those. And I, and I was right. I, I predicted the future. I'm a prophet because it wasn't but about two months later that they no longer charged. They didn't work anymore. But it was just funny to me that this, this mindset shift that I had when she told me that where she got them from, and I started to realize this that once I realize where something is from, I then can decide whether or not I can trust it, right? Like like once once I know where something is coming from, 
then I know better whether or not I can actually trust it. Here's what's happening in John chapter 10. John chapter 10, Jesus has been experiencing all of these religious leaders. Uh, another, another name that the Bible has for them is false teachers. And so Jesus has been experiencing these false teachers. He's been having incidents and run-ins with them. And in that day, a lot of times teachers were referred to as shepherds. Uh, a lot of times that's how we translated uh, a modern-day church pastor. They might call him a shepherd. That's where you kind of get that, the teacher. So you would have a false shepherd, or as Jesus calls them, a thief or a robber. And so he's experiencing all these false teachers, and he finally gets to this place where he's like, you know what, I'm just going to put you on blast. Like, I'm, I'm going to bring uh, uh, attention to the fact that you are pretending to be a shepherd, but that you are actually a thief and a robber because you are teaching false teachings. Matter of fact, Jesus is actually setting forth a prophecy that talks about how there will be false shepherds, and then eventually a good shepherd will arrive. And when the good shepherd arrives, he will bring revelation to the fact that everybody else is a false shepherd. So when Jesus shows up and says, hey, the people who are entering in the wrong way, the false teachers, they're thieves and they're robbers. But the one who comes in the right way, the one who comes in with the truth, the one who comes in with the real gospel is, in fact, the shepherd. He's, in fact, the good shepherd. Jesus says, it's important for you to check the, uh, it's important for you, watch this, to validate the voice that you're listening to. It's important for you to validate the voice that you listen to. And here's why I think Jesus wants us to understand that. Because Jesus understands that voices tend to become viewpoints. Voices tend to become viewpoints. Here's another way of saying that. What you hear often gets into your heart, right? Another way to say that would be uh, what you hear spoken often gets into your spirit. Here would be a 2020 version of that. What you scroll gets into your soul. So it's important that you validate the voices that you're listening to. As a matter of fact, I think that as we're coming out of 2020 and we're going into 2021, if there's anything that anybody could uh, be confident about with what we've just experienced, it's that we've heard a lot of voices. Whether it's been government voices or, or medical voices or social media voices, we're, we're all hearing so many voices. And as we're getting ready to go from one year to another, I think that it's important that we kind of set back and start to bring validation to the voices that we're letting speak into our life. Because if what I hear gets into my heart, and if what I allow spoken before me gets into my spirit, and if what I scroll gets into my soul, then I think it's important that we start being a little bit more strict about the voices that we're listening to. And so if I was to kind of form this into a question, if I was to set up a question for us today with the goal of us answering this question before this sermon is over, the question would look like this. Which voice is leading you? When it comes to your life, which voice is leading you? So let's go back to John chapter 10 and watch what Jesus says. He lays it out pretty, pretty clear for us. He says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep, right? So the one who comes in the right way is the shepherd. 
The gatekeeper, we're going to talk about him in a minute, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. So it's the gatekeeper that allows the shepherd to get in. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. So what's happening here is Jesus is using an anthropomorphic term, and what he's doing is he's creating this, this uh, metaphor concept where he is comparing us and our relationship to him to a sheep and its relationship with the shepherd, okay? So he's not calling you a literal sheep. He's not saying that we are literal sheep. He's saying that the relationship of us with him is very similar to the relationship with sheep to their shepherd. And here's what he says, a sheep will move based off the shepherd's voice. So they're being led by a voice. So it's important that we know when Jesus opens up his mouth. Because ultimately what Jesus is saying is that all of us are led by voices. So it's important for us to know which voice we're allowing to lead us, right? Another layer, put it like this, another layer to you and I having a right relationship with Jesus and allowing him access to our life is learning to recognize his voice. And then not only recognize his voice, but follow it when it speaks. I did a lot of studying on sheep and shepherds, not, not just for this message, but over years of preaching this concept. And I think probably one of the most interesting things that I learned about sheep and shepherds is this. Uh, most times, sheep will be kind of gathered, uh, many sheep into one pen, okay? For example, um, sometimes I read, sometimes you could go and find a pen large enough that there would be up to 20,000 sheep in it. Can you imagine that? That, that one pen would have 20,000 sheep in it. And what's happening is that all of these sheep are owned by different shepherds. So like there might be two or 3,000 sheep that belong to this shepherd, and there might be two or 3,000 sheep that belong to this shepherd, but they're all gathered into one pen. The closest illustration I could come up to to our modern day is a, is a car parking garage, right? So you got this, you know, got this massive garage that has all these cars in it, but all these cars kind of belong to different people. And then depending on where you're at in, in town, uh, the garage will have like an attendant, right, who sets up front and kind of monitors and secures the fact that you're not coming in here unless you're supposed to be in here, which is who Jesus refers to as the gatekeeper. So there's the gatekeeper who checks with the shepherd. Okay, are you a shepherd? Do you have sheep in here? Okay, you can come in, right? That's the system. So 20,000 sheep. And the study said this, that it's very common for the shepherd to walk up to the pen where 20,000 sheep are, and he would call out to his sheep, and only his sheep would start to raise their head from grazing and look up and then begin to go towards the exit of the pen. That in the midst of 20,000 sheep, because this one shepherd comes up and speaks, every head doesn't go up, every sheep you know, doesn't begin to move, just the ones that recognize his voice. They're the only ones that look up from grazing and begin to move towards him. I read another interesting story that said that a Scottish traveler went to a shepherd in Jerusalem and said, hey, I want to know what it's like to lead sheep. So can I put on your shepherd clothing and I'm going to go and pretend to be you and lead them. And the story said that he went and he called out to the sheep and he tried to lead them, but they actually left him 
and went and still followed their shepherd because they were following not by sight, but by what they heard. So sheep have the ability to be able to be grazing, watch this, amongst sheep that don't belong to their flock. And yet when they hear the voice that they recognize, they're the only ones whose heads raise up. I'm going to get on this probably a little bit more later, but we have got to learn how to be a people, Christ followers, who don't raise up our heads anytime anyone speaks. Right? We got to be able to recognize when Jesus opens his mouth. I think, honestly, the biggest difficulty that you and I face today is that it, when it comes to recognizing Jesus's voice is that we are living life amongst so much other noise, right? So, so many other voices. And so how do we recognize the voice of Jesus when we're surrounded by so much noise? Um, my, my wife's father, my father-in-law, who I, with every day, I just, I just continue to love him more. We continue to grow a great relationship together. And he's probably one of the funniest guys I've ever met. And if you know anything about, if you guys have a father-in-law who's funny, you kind of know they, they tend to have sayings. Like there's just kind of things, especially that generation, they just have things that they say. My dad has so many different sayings and I can't legally say them in church. But there's just all kinds of different crazy sayings. And one of Darla's dad's sayings that I, I love so much, if we're in the car and the radio's up really loud, He'll shout this out. Hey, turn that down. I can't see. Y'all ever heard that? And I love it because it's so funny. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, right? Like, obviously, it's not affecting your eyesight. But when he says, turn that down, I can't see, there's something hilarious about it, but there's also something kind of real about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny, but it's kind of prophetic. That, that we could be in such a place that there's so much noise that it's actually impacting what we see. Our ears can absorb so many noises on a daily basis, watch this, that it starts to impact how we see Jesus. That what we hear is impacting what we see. And we have to get to a place sometimes where I think we have to say this, hey, can you just turn some of those noises down so that I can see? Because sometimes what I hear impacts my vision. So I need all this noise to be turned down so that I can accurately see who Jesus is, right? Because if we're not careful, we'll be surrounded by so much noise that it begins to impact our ability to recognize the voice of Jesus, and therefore we won't move when Jesus speaks. But let me be honest with you. It's not just the outside voices, right? It's... It's the inside voices. Like, like the outside voices are bad. Don't get me wrong. Um, I've been preaching for weeks now. You need to monitor your social media content because the outside voices are just, they're, they're, they're everywhere. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got something to say. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying when you surround yourself with so many voices, you're going to start to have difficulty recognizing which one is Jesus's. But I'm learning the older I get and the more insane that I get, that it's not just the outside voices, it's the inside voices. And I got to learn how to be able to turn those voices down so that I can hear who Jesus is. The more studying I did on sheep, I thought this was interesting. If you leave them alone, if you leave them to themselves, okay, so you put sheep in a pen and then the shepherd is to leave and kind of leaves them to themselves. 
They will actually walk around their pen and graze and eat all of the grass until all of the grass in their pen is gone. And now they don't have anything to eat. So then what they would do, watch this. Once there's no grass for them to eat, they will then uh, go into eating the feces of the other sheep that are in the pen. So they eat all the grass. They've been left to themselves. They don't have a shepherd to show them where to go to find green grass. So they eat all of the grass in the pen, and then they have no grass to eat, so they start to eat the feces of the current sheep that are in there with them, and then it leads to them dying. All up here. Now it's no longer the voices outside that are impacting them. It's the fact that you left them to themselves, right? Here, here's what I'm ultimately trying to say that our life will be decided by the voices that we choose to follow. And the voices that we choose to follow will be decided by the voices that we recognize. All right, now look, I'm gonna have to say it again because what I'm about to show you here in a few moments, I've never gone this deep on this scripture. It's never jumped out to me like this before, but I'll never see it the same again. So let me say what I was about to say again. Our life will be decided by the voices that we choose to follow. The voice that we choose to follow will be decided by the voices that we recognize. All right? Let me go a little deep on you. Not yet on the scripture. I'll give you an illustration. Um, when we were in Memphis and we were, uh, I think, executive pastors at the time, our youth ministry or our church started an internship. At one time, it was a master's commission. Then it went to Psalm. And then it went to something called 829. And when it was 829, the pastor who oversaw it had come from an internship in California where they did kind of a boot camp, right, in preparation for it. And the boot camp was about this. It was about breaking you down and then building you back up, right? It's a cultural thing. It was really fun to be a leader in it. It wasn't very fun to be a student in it. Um, and so we would plan all these, and there was all these crazy different things. Like you had to get a big rock and you had to carry the rock with you and it represented your burdens and it represented your prayer requests and you had to carry it with you the whole weekend. And there would be times where we'd make you get the rock out and hold it over your head. It was just really cool kind of stuff. I know you're thinking like, that sounds like, you know, illegal. It was just fun. Okay, and so, but there was this one task we would do and, and, and the youth pastor set up like this, this obstacle course. And then he would, he, he, everybody was kind of split up in two teams, right? And he set up this obstacle course and he blindfolded them. And the ability to win the contest was you had to walk through the obstacle course without stepping on anything or banging on anything. And that's how you won. You had to get through the obstacle course without messing it up. So your team members that were with you that are on your team, they can see. So it's their job, I know it sounds like Survivor, but this really happened. Uh, it was their job to call out to you where to walk. So they'd be like, go, you know, go forward, go forward, watch out, go step over, step over, higher, higher. And they were directing you because you can't see. So they were directing you and you're listening for their voices because if they say, hey, step higher, step higher, you would raise your leg higher. If they said, go right, you'd turn right. And they were trying to get you to be able to get out of the obstacle course. Now here was the cool little twist is that while your team is allowed to shout to you direction, the other team was allowed to shout wrong direction, right? So while your team's screaming, you know, go right, go right, the other team was allowed to scream, go left, go left, go left. So now watch this. The secret is not any longer in you being able to hear a voice. It's you being able to recognize which is the right one, right? So that's now where the difficulty is. Because you had to get to the place where not only do I hear, I hear so much, and we would have, people would be losing their minds. I mean, they'd be like crying, going, ah, I just hear so much noise. And that's my point. There was so much shouting. 
that you didn't know if the person who was telling you to go right was your team member or your enemy. And we're in a culture right now where there's so many voices that the secret to knowing how to move our life forward is not just to be able to hear a voice. It's to be able to recognize which one is from the person that's on your team and which one is from the enemy. It's about being able to recognize the voice. We even went, and I, I, don't, I don't know if she'll watch or anything, so, but I'm about to bust her out. We, we had a, a boyfriend-girlfriend couple that was there one year. And this was so much fun because we purposely put them on op- opposite teams. And so uh, it came time for the, for the boy, her boyfriend, to, to, do the, to do the obstacle. And we went up to her and we said, you have to scream out the wrong direction. And she was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And we were like, oh, you're doing it. And she's like, I'm not going to do it. So we made her get her rock out and hold her rock over her head. And she did that for about 15 minutes. And finally, she caved in. She couldn't do it anymore. And she had to go. Say, I mean, tears were coming out of her eyes. And she's like screaming to her boyfriend. It was beautiful. Um, and I know you're like, wow, you're a really cold-hearted person. Uh, it was just a great lesson. It was a great lesson that sometimes the people who love you the most aren't even the right voice. Right? We have to get to a place where we recognize one specific voice. It's not just about hearing voices, but knowing which one to recognize. So again, watch what I'm, here's what I'm about to show you in the scripture, John chapter 10, verses four through five. These are the verses. I've read this, y'all, so many times, and I tend to just kind of skip over this, but, but pay attention to what he says. When he has brought out all of his own, when that shepherd goes into that pen and gets all of his sheep, he goes on ahead of them, just like Jesus, he leads them, okay? He's not behind them, he's in front of them, he's leading them. He says his sheep follow him because they know his voice. We talked about that. Now watch this. But they, the sheep, will never, never follow a stranger. That's a hard word. These sheep will never follow a stranger. Not only will they never follow a stranger, watch what Jesus says. In fact, they will run away from him. So not only will they not follow the stranger, but they will perk up and get away from the stranger. Why? How are they able to do that? Because look, they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So not only do they not follow the stranger, when they hear a voice they don't recognize, it sets an inner alarm off and says, I don't know that voice. So that's a stranger. So not only should I not follow them, I need to get far far away from them as I possibly can. You catch that? The, the, The word recognize, if you define it, is defined like this. From having encountered before. You recognize a voice because you have encountered it before. Another definition is to know again. So here's my question. If you recognize a voice that's not Jesus's voice, why do you recognize it? If he says that sheep will not follow a voice they don't recognize then in order for a voice to lead you astray, it has to be a voice that you've heard before. When Veda went into school for the first time, I think it might have been kindergarten, and maybe it was more first grade by the time this happened, but I'll never forget it. She came home one day, and she had learned her first curse word. 
So she came home, and she didn't know what it was. She just knew how people at school were, were reacting to it. And so she came over to Darla and I. She said, Mom, Dad, some you know, kids were saying in class, and they said this word, and she said it. She had no idea what it meant. And then we had to you know, explain to her what the situation was. But to her, it was foreign because she did not recognize it because she had been raised in a place where she had been kept away from those kind of encounters. So when she had to encounter it, she didn't recognize it. Why do we recognize a voice of hate? Because we have allowed ourselves to be in a place where we've encountered that voice before. Why do we recognize a voice of gossip? I like to tell our church this all the time. If somebody comes up to you and gossips, don't ask yourself, why is that person gossiping? Ask yourself, why do they feel like they can gossip to me? Right? Why have I allowed myself to be in a place where I am encountering voices of hate, voices of gossip, voices of insecurity? Because if you will put yourself in a place where those voices are not around, then you no longer know how to recognize those voices. And so when you hear them, your head doesn't perk up. Did you catch the illustration? Somehow we have confused ourselves as Christ followers, and every time a voice speaks, we look up. Is that Jesus? No, it's not Jesus. And if you were to surround yourself with only voices that sound like Jesus, then when voices that don't sound like him speak, you will go, I don't know that voice. Right? Uh, come on, walk with me metaphorically. Walk with me in this spiritual example where we can be walking through life, doing what God's called us to do. I'm grazing, baby. And when a voice speaks to me that does not, not resemble the voice of Jesus, I don't even pay attention to it. I don't even acknowledge it because it's a voice I don't recognize. We've got to get to a place where we are better at vetting the voices in our life. I went to the gym this week. And when I got to the gym, number one, they have these signs all over the place about wearing a mask. I can't tell you how many times I've made it to the gym door, forgot my mask, and had to turn around and go back and get it, right? And I'm mad about extra walking when I'm about to go work out. There's some confusion there, but don't worry about it. And so then I go in, and they get the little thermometer thing, and you know they do this, the, the kill shot on me. She turns it sideways and gets it on my forehead. Um, and then I have to put in my key code to make sure that I go to the gym. And then I have to get hand sanitizer and wash, and then I can go in. And if I have one of my kids with me, there's a whole nother security process. Listen to me. I have to go through all of that just to go into their building and sweat. And I pay them to let me in. That's how much vetting there is for me to go to the gym. How much more vetting should we do when it comes to the voices that we're letting in here? Right? There has to be some kind of process where we can put ourselves in a place. And I, I get it. I, even as I'm preaching this, I hear you saying, Troy, that's not realistic. I can't live in a world where I don't hear voices of hate. I can't live in a world where I don't hear a voice of racism or a voice of gossip or a voice of insecurity. That's not realistic, is it not? 
I mean, I'm just wide open. This isn't even in notes. I'm just, let's just talk for a second. Is it not? Because sometimes I think that we set excuses in our life by saying, well, it's just not possible. But what if it is? Now, you might stand out a little bit. You might be that person who doesn't have a social media account. What's wrong with you? You don't have a Twitter? You might be that person that doesn't get to hang out at all the parties. Maybe you don't get, you know, it's funny. When I first got saved, the reputation for, for Christianity was this. They won't want you to watch bad movies. They won't want you to listen to, to secular music. Y'all remember that? Anybody been saved long enough to remember that? That's gone now, right? I mean, unless you're like, never mind. But, but people don't even talk about that anymore. But, but thinking back to it, let's just rewind for a second. Because humans tend to perverse everything. So eventually, at one point, that made sense. At one point, it made sense for Christians not to watch secular movies and secular music. And just, if you're watching, don't click out, listen to me. What if what God was saying was this? The more voices that you take in of hate and gossip and insecurity and sex and all these things, then the more you recognize it because you've encountered it before. And then when it comes time for my voice to lead you, you struggle recognizing my voice because you've exposed yourself to so much noise. That's different, right? Now it's not, well, God doesn't want me to have fun. No, now it's, well, God just wants you to be very clear on the voice that's leading you so that you don't walk into a thief or a robber and end up somebody's sweater. So Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. If you've been taking notes, that's our Jesus is. Jesus is the good shepherd. John chapter 10, verses 22 through 27. Watch what happens. It says, then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. So Jesus is just hanging out. It says, the Jews who were there gathered around him, and watch this. They say, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? Now, here's what was happening. At the festival of dedication, everybody expected Jesus to reveal who he was. The religious leaders just knew that Jesus was going to finally come out and admit who he is. So I love this. They say, hey, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? It's like the mass singer. Hey, you know, when are you going to take the mask off and let us know who you are? They say, if you are the Messiah, then tell us plainly. Like, if you are Jesus, if you're the Savior of the world, just tell us. Let us know. And this is so profound. Jesus answered, I did tell you. I love that it's Jesus, not me. I'd be like, look, idiots. <laughs> I already, Jesus said, I already told you, but you did not believe me. He says, the works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. He says, I don't even have to tell you who I am. Just watch what I do. It's a whole nother sermon. He said, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. And then watch this. For my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and then they follow me. The religious leaders are coming to Jesus, and they're saying, hey, I want to know who you are. Tell us who you are. Are you the Savior of the world? Are you the Messiah? Are you this good shepherd that's going to come and reveal that we're false teachers. Are you this person? Hurry up and tell us. And Jesus says, I've already told you, but you don't know what a good shepherd sounds like. It's not that I haven't said it. I've said it, but you don't know what you're listening for. 
How many people are trying to find out right now, is Jesus real? Right? Is, is he really the Savior? Is he really all that people, but you don't know what he sounds like. So you wouldn't know it if Jesus opened his mouth or not. You wouldn't know if Jesus confirmed himself to be Jesus or not. You don't know what he sounds like. So it brought me to this question. Jesus is referring to us as sheep, and he says that sheep listen to his voice. So that is a, that's kind of a, a process by which we're able to know, are we followers of Christ? Well, do we listen to the voice of Jesus? Which would then make me, of course, ask this question, because I like to think through Scripture as if I'm very new to Scripture. If Jesus' sheep listen to his voice, then what does Jesus sound like? Anybody? What, what is, anybody ever heard, G, what does Jesus sound like? You ever heard somebody and that wasn't the voice you were expecting to hear come out of them? I was watching this show the other day and there was this real muscly, muscular guy on it. And when he went to speak, it sounded like a 30-year-old woman. Like I was so confused by it. I looked over at Darlene and I was like, that's not what I expected. But you know, you can get to a place with somebody where you start to say things like, that doesn't sound like them right? Because you know them. I was thinking about this a couple days ago when I was writing this message. I have known Jamal longer than I've known Darla. Isn't that wild? I, Jamal has been in my life longer than my wife's been in my life. And here's what's crazy. People can say stuff, and I'll go, that sounds like Jamal. When somebody goes, boy, please, I'm like, that, that sounds like Jamal, right? Or you hear like, you know, the devil is a liar. And it's like, oh, that's, that sounds like Jamal. Because you can get to a point in a relationship where not only do you know, oh, that sounds like him, but you also know that doesn't sound like him. You know what I mean? So, so there's this kind of point where we can get to a place with Jesus where we can actually, watch this, be able to be at a place as a Christian that says, when we hear a voice, we could say, hmm, that sounds like Jesus. Or hear a voice and go, hmm, it doesn't sound like Jesus. That's not a voice I recognize. Therefore, that's not a voice I'm going to follow. When we're able to recognize the voice of Jesus, we will know when something sounds like him or not. So, hold on, I gotta pull up because this is about to get a little serious. So back to my question. All right, that's great, that's great, that's great. How, how do I know what Jesus sounds like? It's 2020. Can't Jesus send me like, you know, an audio clip? How, how do I know what Jesus you're telling me to listen to this voice over these voices, and there's all these. I need to know what Jesus sounds like. All right, so one day, I'm talking to an individual who had just lost one of their loved ones. And we're talking about it, and I'm just trying my best to kind of counsel them through the process. It was a tough situation. And the guy looks at me, and he goes, he said, you know what's cool, though? I said, what's cool? He said, I still have the last voicemail that he left me before he passed. And I was like, okay, a little creepy, but okay. He goes, well, I've kept it because I don't want to forget 
what his voice sounds like. So I was like, oh, that's, that's actually pretty cool, right? Like, you know, he's, he's in a place emotionally where he can go back and listen to that voicemail and it not be negative, but be positive. And I just thought this was cool. He'll never forget how to recognize that loved one's voice. I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a recording of Jesus's voice so that we could put ourselves in position to where we are so familiar with his voice that we could recognize it and we could know if it's him or not. Man, wouldn't that be cool if I could just, if I just, if only I had something. If I just, if I only, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a modern day, it's 2020, all these devices and, and GoPros and, you know, all, if, if only I had something that recorded things that Jesus said so I could wreck what I just need something do I got anything oh <laughs> the Bible that's not as cool looking as a GoPro but I've got all of these recordings of things that Jesus said so that I can teach myself how to recognize the voice of Jesus. And then when I start to hear voices, I know whether it's him or not. Let me share something with you, church. We, we, have, been, we have been dealing with pandemics and racial injustice and presidential elections and all this stuff for, for this entire year, and everybody's drained and everybody is exhausted and nobody knows what to do. And, and here, here's what I was thinking about the other day. I was actually um, talking to a friend of mine at lunch about this. The one thing that, that I think a lot of people didn't freak out about because it happened so under the radar was when people started to remove the Bible. You know, we took scripture out of schools. You know, then, then you, you start to take scripture out of, you know, take God out of everything, right? And, and then, then the devil's been so slick and, and taking scripture out of context that now people are even getting away from what they know about the Bible, even to the point to where now it's, you know, it's on our phones, to where now we don't have to carry the Bible. And, and all of this has happened very, very slow and very kind of under the radar. And, and watch this, slowly but surely, we have kind of removed the Bible out of people's lives. If I was the devil and I wanted to trick God's people into following the wrong voice by making sure that they could no longer recognize God's voice and somehow were familiar with mine, then I would slowly remove the only thing that continues to allow God's people to recognize his voice. And then I would put devices in their pockets that allow the other voices to speak nonstop. And while I'm ushering in these voices and removing this one, they start to get to a place where they recognize those and they don't recognize this. 
And when those voices speak, they perk up and they begin to follow like a sheep being led to a slaughter. So I say that to say this. God has called me and he's called our church the year of 2021 to go back to the Bible. In the middle of all of the chaos that was happening in the middle of the pandemic and, and racial injustice, all that was happening, I remember praying and saying, God, I don't, I don't know what to say. And I felt very clear, God say, that all you need to say is my word. Because what's cool about scripture is I can preach scripture, and if you got a problem with it, you better talk to the one who wrote it. And I felt the Lord tell me something at that point that I don't, I've shared with a few of you, but not our entire church, and that is that from this point forward, I'm supposed to preach an expository preaching style at our church, which means that we would take a book of the Bible and go verse by verse by verse. I'm not saying that we won't have an occasional Sunday where we do something fun and celebrate and add a movie or something. But God was very clear to me that as far as me and my house and the church that I pastor, we got to go back to the Bible because we're in a place where we don't recognize the voice of God anymore. And when the sheep, when the shepherd calls, we're all just a bunch of confused sheep. And so a couple of different things, again, since this is kind of the last service of the year, I'm going to ask you to go get a Bible. Go get a paper Bible. If you come to church here, get a paper Bible. If you can't afford one, I will buy it for you. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to the point where this is the most important thing. Let's go through it bit by bit. I'm going to take us all the way to the end of John. And when we get there, I don't know, we're going to start a new book of the Bible. And we're going to know scripture so well. And we're going to know the voice of our shepherd so well that when other voices come, we don't even raise our head. Amen? 2021, the year of going back to the Bible. I'll share this and we'll pray. One night I was downstairs and we have like a condo. So there's an, like an upper area room that kind of has a balcony type thing that you can oversee so you can hear really well. And Veda and Darla were in a conversation upstairs, but Veda didn't know I could hear her. So Veda asked Darla something and Darla answered her. But Veda didn't like that answer. And so a few minutes goes by and she comes downstairs and I'm on the couch or wherever I was and she walks up and she asked the same question to me. And I did what every man of God husband does. I said, well, what did your mother say? And she gave me an answer that wasn't the answer her mom gave me. And I sat back and I went, hmm. I said, well, let me let you know something. I could hear your mom. And I heard her say this. Now, what happened? There was like this moment of deception that tried to happen, but I was able to fight it because I heard the voice. 
Listen, for every person that thinks 2021 is all of a sudden going to be rainbows and daisies, it's not. It, what if it's worse? I can tell you one thing. The only thing that will help us succeed is to make sure we know the voice. Because when deception comes and tries to tell you one thing, nope, nope, nope. I heard what he said. I heard what he said. Okay, okay. I know I said I was going to end, but can I, let's just do this real quick. Real quick. If you're online, you're watching your Bibles, get your out. Let, let's, let's just take a second in John 10, just a few moments, and let me just tell you some of the stuff he says. All right? Just in John chapter 10. So here's, here's some of the stuff he said. I underlined it. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Do you know what Jesus is saying? I'm the only way to salvation. Jesus Christ is the only way you go to heaven. That's what Jesus is saying. So when someone tries to tell you there's another way to heaven, you go, no, I know what he said. I know what he said. Something else he said. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus says, I'm here to make your life fulfilling. A life of abundance. Jesus said that. So when you're not experiencing a life of fulfillment, you can say, Jesus said, right? Okay, continues. I love this part. He said, the hired hand's not the shepherd, for when the wolf comes, the hired hand will abandon you and run away. He said, for the hired hand kills, cares nothing about the sheep. He said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. He said, I'm not just their savior. I have relationship with them. And then one more thing. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. Now he's talking about Jews and Gentiles, but you take that and you can make it into whatever kind of uh, disunity we're facing right now. Jesus says, I got more sheep. Sheep that don't look like you. Sheep that are not from where you're from. Right? I, got, I got all these sheep. And watch this. He says, I got to bring them too. And they, they, them too, they'll listen to my voice and they'll be of one flock and of one shepherd. Jesus starts speaking about unity. What did we just experience for months? What are we still experiencing? Just huge concept of disunity. And Jesus says, if you would just look at what I said, you'd find unity. When we open the Bible, Jesus opens his mouth. And there are so many voices in our culture today, and we are looking desperately for the voice to follow. And we want to follow Jesus's voice, but we don't know how to recognize his voice. And it's because we've gotten away from the Bible. And saying you don't hear Jesus speak without opening the Bible is saying you don't have any text messages while your phone's turned off. We got to get back to the Bible. And when we open this thing, he opens his mouth. And I'm telling you, he says the best stuff. And the reason why we're so upset and so hurt and so scared and so confused and just absolutely losing our mind is because we no longer know what Jesus said. But we're going to put it into that. 2021. I want a new year Bible. We'll start off first Sunday in January. We'll still be in John. John chapter 11. Let's go after it. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you that you're so faithful.
as we said at the beginning of this service, not for one minute have you forsaken us. And another thing that we can say is there's never been one minute where you've been silent, where you haven't given us an answer to our question. Father, there's recordings of everything that you've said. For some reason, the Holy Spirit chose those things. You said so many things that are not even in the Bible. But the Holy Spirit knew what we needed to hear so that we could define who you are so that we could have life to the full and abundant. So Father, when it comes to me and my house, would you pray this with me? Just say, just say, when it comes to me and my house, Lord, you might be speaking for yourself as a single person. You might be speaking for you and your spouse. You might be speaking for you and your parents or for you and your children. But just make this your declaration and your prayer this morning. As for me and my house, we're going back to the Bible. Come on, parents, let's open up our Bible with our kids. Let's go back to having morning devotions. Let's go back to bringing our Bibles with us to church. I don't care if you get the big one or the small one. Just put it on your bedside table. And let's allow the words of Jesus to overflow our home, overflow our heart, overflow our mind. And let's make that the voice that we recognize. Father, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.